1: Today on The Revolution, Jim and Trav have set out to hook up with record book lunkers. So ready yourself for multiple species action with Ultimate Match Fishing's Joe Thomas. Chad Ferguson will cover all things cat. Our walleye insight will come from Tommy Scarless. And finally, Outdoor Life's Jerry Befke will tackle redfish. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Now, here's Jim and Trav.
2: Yep, concentration is all important in determining whether or not you successfully catch bass on every trip, but there are other factors as well, like alertness and confidence.
3: There you have it. Concentration, alertness, confidence, everything Jim's lacking. <laughs> we are going fishing on today's show. Just now being what, joined. What did you say? Uh anyways, <laughs> uh just now being joined. Just now Mrs. Bunny's here. What's up Mrs. Bunny? Not a whole lot. We are going fishing. Yeah. Oh,
4: miss her. Miss her.
3: oh looky there.
4: Brad Paisley.
3: I All right, so fishing. Um,
5: What you holding a box? We'll talk about it real quick. Yeah, actually, we got a new sponsor this week. Extreme Beam. Extreme Beam, and I tell you what, they make some really great flashlights. Matter of fact, I'm holding the M1000 Fusion. And uh, this thing, uh, you can actually see Columbus, Ohio, kid. And with his other hand, he's holding mine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Bunny. Flashlight. (laughs) Mrs. Bunny's showing a little leg today. It's warm. Jimmy, too.
5: Why aren't you wearing shoes, Jim? Because it, I get into the, the uh, studio quieter. Hey, you wear flip-flops. Do something. I can't wear flip-flops. I'm telling you. He says, they I can't figure out how to my... make them hold on my feet. I they can't. They off. He hates,
3: get. you know, I love then Mr. Bunny. my legs. The other day he was telling me, I really like flip-flops. I just hate the sound they make. <laughs> That's why they're called flip-flops. <laughs> they go flip-flop, flip-flop. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So we're going fishing on today's show. We're going to be doing pretty cool. Uh, Joe Thomas, uh, pro angler, uh, also host fishing. of ultimate match fishing every Sunday morning, uh, nine 30 a.m. Eastern time. That is on outdoor channel. Also Chad Ferguson. That is Mr. Catfish. Uh, he's not going to be talking about walleye. Uh, Tommy Scarless, He's going to be doing that. Also going to be joined by outdoor Life's Jerry Bethke. Uh, he's going to tackle redfish. Mrs. Bunny, though, clean water act. Uh, they actually enacted this bill. What? Back in 1972. Yeah. Passed in 1972. Oh, ho- yo, we've, forgot to mention this. This Clearwater Act is brought to you by Nissan. Nissan. Innovation that excites. (laughs) Oh, that was so much better. Alright, so 1972 sounded more official when uh, Mark said it. All right, so 1972, Clearwater Act, I'm sorry.
4: Okay, so it was passed in 1972 to protect wetlands and streams and rivers and things like that. However, like for like the last decade or so, um, back in the early 2000s, the Supreme Court decided that protections from temporary and isolated wetlands never intended for those habitats to be protected when the bill was initially passed. And so in the early 2000s, they stripped away some of the protections, which has meant um, prairie pothole um, production um, regions were open for... For destruction, pollution, things like that, as were streams and in all twenty million acres of le- of wetlands were put on a list where they could uh, pretty much do carte blanche what they wanted with them. They weren't That's protected anymore. What
3: John Devney, you know, Delta Waterfowl, they're so up in arms about on yeah. the show numerous but, times. Well, the thing is, this uh, Clean uh, Water Act that.
5: actually spawned uh, several eminent domain lawsuits.
4: Absolutely, you know, it's it has a lot of a uh, widespread effect, good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Jimbo
5: has so eminent domain over Jelly Donuts. I did. They're mine. Now, one of the things that the uh, the Clean Water Act did do, it did clean up Lake Erie.
4: Right, absolutely. You know, it has
5: done some some good things, but when you think about it, Clean Water Act, you can't go out there and drink that water. No, no. You know, it's it's like clear unless you count the stuff that's floating in it.
4: Well, I, they say that they want to protect against spills like that were in Virginia. You know, there was the coal ash that was dumped into the water and people couldn't bathe in it, drink with it, wash their dishes, wash their clothes, nothing. They had to do all bottled water. Um, the problem is, you know, that you have one big rule, carte blanche for everything that it, it doesn't really take mm-hmm. care of and it doesn't really talk about isolated um, places. All right, so. so
3: basically we need to get active, possibly sign some petitions, call our local and state Representatives, you need to do your uh, get involved. That's yeah. what we need to do. do All right, so homework. this new uh, Howler uh, Dreammaster Classic bait. I think is so cool. This
4: is really cool. The guy that invented this, essentially, he this is um, awesome. He noticed that when he went out and he rigged up live bait, that they made um, a sound, that they made like a distress like call.
3: Like their gills. I think their gill plates actually compress against their bladder. Right. Their and it air makes, bladder. Yeah. Like this burp or croaking noise. And that's what like bass and stuff key in on.
4: Right. They know, hear this especially sound. Especially
5: in, you know, real stained water. Yeah. Well, actually in, in saltwater, they have a fish called a croaker. Yeah, and they use that for bait.
4: Okay, well, there you go. So he he noticed this, and he was trying to figure out how he could reproduce the sound year round without having to have live bait all the time. But it is essentially the little microchip that is on the inside of a greeting card that sings to you is inside of one of these hard baits, and it is the distress call, and it's meant for bass. Ah. So, really cool. It's called an electronic bait fish sound, an EBS, and it's supposed to play upon a a bass's natural predatory instincts. The
5: Howler Dream Master Classic. Yeah, there was a bait. that was made uh, down in, well, it's probably made in China, but uh, uh, actually distributed by a company in Houston that uh, it had a battery in. It. Do you remember those? And it actually emitted a light. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was years ago, and that was supposed to be like the answer to the whole world. Uh, it it's no longer in business. Well,
4: the other thing that makes <laughs> this one, <laughs> the other one that the other thing that they're touting on this one is high frequency rattles mm-hmm. in weight transfer chambers, and it allows these beads inside of the lure to slide rearward when you're casting for maximum distance, and then they slide forward when the bait turns nose down um, on the retrieve too. That's dive cool. In. So anyway, that's
3: awesome. All right, so let's that's move a on.
5: Howler Dream Mesh. Classic. Yeah, sounds yep.
3: really cool. Uh, New Mexico. How about this guy, uh, this poacher that was busted for having over sixteen hundred rainbow trout? This guy is a great hey, fisherman. <laughs> The limit. What bait was he using? You know,
4: you I know, mean, this guy was a I good fisherman. fisherman. When I think poaching, I just don't think fish. Oh
6: really, yeah, you
4: know. And here you go. Yeah, sixteen hundred rainbow trout over the limit. That's one hundred sixty times the legal limit of fish allowed by uh, New Mexico. Yeah. That's, and
3: that's crazy
5: I've never caught 160 fish what Let was alone to over the
3: limit He's That f- could feed like all of Albuquerque <laughs> <laughs> I
4: mean that's
3: a lot of trout
4: This 62 year old guy I can't even pronounce his name I'm not even going to try Out of Clovis, New Mexico um, They received an anonymous tip That he was over the legal limit And so they You're went to investigate fish, Yeah, they went to investigate And found um, 1,600 of these uh, rainbow trout And so they booked him And his bond was set for 2,500 And um, the, north, or the New Mexico um, fish Game mm-hmm. is seeking eight thousand dollars in civil restitution from the state to recover the lost trout. Well, because they, they go in, stock these areas yeah. in this
5: nincompoop.
4: <laughs> yeah, they yeah. go in. You know, yeah, and and, and poaches all of these. Yeah, to, I wonder if he
5: would give classes on how to catch these trout.
3: He
4: caught them all out of two different water sources, and that's it. I gotta um, find
5: out where those places are at. I never fish at good places like that.
4: Green Acres Lake and Dennis Chavez Pond in Northwest Clovis.
5: Just think if they if it was 160 times over the limit, he had 1,600 of them. How many was in the lake?
4: Well, they said they stocked roughly 10,000 rainbow trout into the green acres and this Dennis Chavez between November 2013 and March 2014. And legally, licensed anglers are allowed to catch and keep up to five rainbow trout per day, and they can possess at any time ten at their residence. I remember one day
3: Jimbo and I and a couple other guys, we went on a float trip and like one day we got released. Okay. 82 trout in like a 12 hour span. In about a seven mile stretch of float. This guy probably did this in a morning. <laughs>
6: <And> like, <laughs> what?
3: He caught, he caught almost a quarter of what they released. 10,000? <laughs> the guy caught 1,600? That is amazing. And some really gullible fish. Yeah. No, I, I think that's terrible. You know, um, the DNR, they're trying so hard to provide opportunities uh, for everybody to get out there and, and, and recreate and enjoy the outdoors. And well, you have. You have well, you have a, a DA guy like this, a dumb booty uh, that has to go and ruin it for people. I, they they should really like cut his hands off. That's what I think. <laughs> He stole fish. He stole fish. Yeah, cut his hands off. And, and tell him he can never. Sharia win. law for everyone. <laughs> he can't never own a fishing rod ever again or a net. He can't even look at water.
4: But a stick in line is fine. No. <laughs> and
5: They
3: should beat him with like an ugly stick. That's what they should do. All right, so we are talking about all things fishing on today's show. Once again, coming up after the break, we're going to have Ultimate Match Fishing's Joe Thomas on. Great guy. Uh, yeah, make sure you check him out every uh, Sunday morning. That's 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on Outdoor channel Mrs. Bunny, you are you're the best.
4: Thank you. I know. <laughs> a little confidence there. You betcha. All right, so
3: big thank you to Nissan, Nissanusa.com, also outdoor channel. We love those people. OutdoorChannel.com channel.com forward slash revolution Ruger, Ruger.com, High Round Seasonings, H I jerky.com Cabela's Wool's Formless Outfitter at Cabela's.com and extreme beam. Extremebeam.com. Gotta get to a break. That's Here. a great flashlight. Here's a word from Mr. Paneri. Gotta listen to what he has to say. He's a smart guy. Uh,
1: Joe Thomas coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Bye. channel on tactics for catching monster bluegills bluegills are an underutilized fish that are a lot of fun to catch and they're pretty good to eat as well bluegills spawn on or near the full moon from April to August they're easier to locate in April and May when they're fanned saucer sized beds dot shallow areas later however as the temperature rises they move deeper that's when using a drop shot rig and electronic sonar unit can help you hook up bluegills also spawn a lot deeper than people think they do. As deep as 18 to 20 feet on points. So try using a simple rig consisting of a quarter ounce drop shot sinker with a cricket hook about 12 feet above the weight. Now don't miss any of our spring fishing action from this week's show, and you can find it archived at outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution. A good hunting and fishing buddy is hard to find these days. They've got to push through the most grueling and enduring adventures. That's where the Nissan Frontier comes in. It's the perfect wilderness partner, with a first-in-class utility track cargo carrying system to strap down your big game, and tons of power from a massive 261 horsepower V6 engine. The Frontier's got your back, even on the days you might come up short. Nissan, innovation that excites.
6: Available features 2014 ward segmentation small pickup class, properly secure all cargo.
1: For LED flashlights with brighter, tighter beams that see farther and run longer, you want Extreme Beam, the passion to outperform. Go to www.extremebeam.com. Hunt
0: adventures are meant to be fun. The Brotherhood of Bone Collectors. It's going to be something else. We're going to see some cool animals in some cool country.
7: Here we go, wow, wow, here we
0: go. <laughs> I haven't even fired yet. Always enthralling. going to be awesome. He's
6: coming. I mean, he's coming. Get him, on.
0: Always entertaining.
6: No, you... Oh. Beautiful lock,
0: man. Wow. Michael Waddell's Bone Collector, Sunday nights at 1030 Eastern on Outdoor Channel.
1: That is awesome, son. High Mountain Seasonings makes wild game that much better when you add High Mountain Seasonings brines, rubs, shakers, marinades, dips, and seasoning kits. Yum! Order your favorites at himtnjerky.com today. How did I ever get snookered into this? You were listening to the revolution with Jim and Trav. No, no, we were born like this. Here are the boys. So if you're just now joining
3: us, you missed Mrs. Bunny talking about the Clean Water Act, the Howler Dream Master Classic bait that thing's pretty cool, and that crazy guy that caught all those trout in New Mexico. He was busted. He was a little over the limit. He caught 1,600 trout about 160 high. times over the limit. <laughs> that guy, he really liked rainbow trout a lot. So we are talking about all things fishing on today's show. Frank, have you got that clip
2: ready? All right, play him. Okay, the most critical aspect of fishing a jerkbait is how you actually work the lure.
3: Now, that was Kevin Van Dam, well-known bass angler. I think he's won
5: just a few million dollars. Um, (laughs) What was he meaning by that, Jimmy? Well, basically, it is the rhythm that you get into, but the most effective thing is the pause between... Uh, You know Segments of when you're Reeling it in So you twitch your rod While you reel Gives you that Back and forth action Then you pause Then then there's a pause And as it's dropping You might pop it You could pop it back up Maybe twice Or you might just reel Like a slow swim Bring it back up To the surface Do it all over again But it's usually On the second time That you do that That you're going to Trigger a strike Yeah right. and so we are Talking once again About all
3: things fishing On today's show Just now being joined By Joe Thomas And he is the host Of Ultimate Match Fishing There on Outdoor Channel Check it out Every Sunday morning 9.30 a.m. Easter time Also steals uh, Reeling the Outdoors with Joe Thomas That is currently not airing on Outdoor Channel But look for it soon That's right, starting in the lo- third quarter Local listings Alright, so Joe, you know, we're kind of in that transitional stage would you say, Jimmy? Yes Where the, the, the fish, we're in post-spawn But they're not quite fully transitioned into their summer haunts Which is deeper water And so how would you go about locating and targeting uh, bass right now?
8: Well, you know what? The one thing that I always tell people at bass, largemouths in particular, or even smallmouths, you can really, you know, you can actually, you know, rope them into this category. When they come off the beds, the first thing I tell people they do. Is they start to look up, and it sounds like a, a kind of a silly, but they really do. That's when your your um, soft plastic jerk baits and your floating worms and your top water baits. It's like a light switch. As soon as they come off the beds and they the males start to guard those fry, mm-hmm. and the females they'll pull out and they'll start to recuperate. Usually, you know, you can catch them that way on you know on on uh, floating worms and and uh, your fluke type baits and your top water baits, and uh, you know that can be some of the best top water fishing of the year in. In most of the Midwest, especially uh, where I live, is uh, is in that May period when they come off the beds.
5: Yeah. Now, you were talking about fishing soft plastics. Now, uh, at that point in time, the big females who they've already spawned, are they going to chase a bait like a spinnerbait? Or do you think it's more of a slower presentation like these uh, soft plastics?
8: Well, it, it I, usually the hard baits don't do so well until the fish get recovered and they get on their offshore haunts, which would be like if you're fishing Kentucky Lake and, and some of these lakes that have the ledges, they're famous for, you know, around the 1st of June, the fish get recuperated from the spawn and then they move to their summer pattern. Well, this is that transition period you're talking about. So the fish are not super aggressive, probably not going to get them to bite crankbaits or spinner baits, particularly shallow, but something about a topwater bait, um, like a Sammy, something that walks a nice not necessarily a fast moving topwater but that slow subtle pop pop side to side walk in the dog action or that side to side action that the fluke type of bait or um or the floating worm creates they will eat that because they're subtle and i think that's the key you, you, it's got to be a subtle movement but you can catch those big bass that time of the year the problem is they're going to be lean so you might catch a 22 inch bass it's only going to weigh five and a half pounds when it should go seven in the spring you know what i mean mm-hmm. but um They'll bite them. I mean, that's that's one of my favorite times of year to catch catch good topwater fish.
3: You no, know, this time of year, you know, we we turn on Outdoor Channel, and we see all these pros and they're pitching different baits. I mean, that's their job. Uh, that's how they make their money. And we've said it nine million times: uh, more baits are designed to catch fishermen than fish. I mean, that, that's just the name of the game. But if you had exactly. to set out this weekend for your your average weekend angler, you know, we we don't have that much time to get out, Joe. And so when we do, we want to be successful. and We want to have a great time. If if you had to set out and tell people, like, what is the the, the four greatest necessities you need uh, to be successful out there on the water? What do you think
8: those four things are? The biggest thing, I guess, would be to, you know, to keep, keep an open mind. And you said four things, and then my mind starts to scramble here. But, um, <laughs> it, I, it would come to four baits for me, and that would be a walking topwater bait. Okay. It would be a floating worm a soft plastic stick bait like mm-hmm. a Cinco um, uh, like or a Uvinco or something like that. Yeah. And then um, the fluke type of bait. I'd have those four baits. Um, I'd have them, you know, rigged up on, on on rods and reels that you feel like you can cast them comfortably and skip them up underneath the cover, things like that. And I'd go fishing and stay shallow right now.
6: Yeah. Now, you had
5: uh, you had mentioned uh, uh, before we came on the air when we were talking with you that uh, you just came back from a brand new lake in Mexico where you were catching 100 bass a day. Oh, that is crazy. Now, now <laughs> if if you go nuts. to any one of the lakes, even Lake Fork, which is probably the Primo Lake in Texas, right. 90% of the fish are in 10% of the water. How yep. do you narrow that margin down to where you're in productive water all of the time? Is it a column type thing? So You, you were well, you, just talking about fishing uh, uh, shallow, so that's probably what, maybe one to uh, five feet deep?
8: Yeah, exactly. Shallow would be one to five feet deep, but what you said is exactly right. You know, 90% of fish are going to be in 10% of the water, and the way you determine what water you're going to concentrate on has to be based on time of the year and seasonal patterns. Mm -hmm. So, and and I basically break it down into, you know, into uh, segments. If that way, and I use water temperature for that time of the year and water temperature. So, you know, if that water is extremely cold early, early spring, I know those fish are coming out of their winter pattern. They're going to be on the main lake, you know, the channel swings, main lake bluffs and points, things like that, you know, as the water starts to warm up, then they move to the backs of the, of the pockets and by the time it hits 65 degrees, they're spawning very shallow, so I'm going to concentrate all my efforts in the back. Right now, what you have is that migration of fish moving out. Now, Mexico, the water is 75 degrees. Ooh. Those fish spawn in February. Uh, they're already out on offshore structure. So, you know, basically, I went there knowing that water is 75 degrees, they spawned in February. You know, 90% of the fish are going to be on the those long tapering points that fall off into the river channel. And that's where we focused our efforts. Now we did catch some shallow in the bushes just because I like to fish bushes. But when we got serious and we really wanted to get where the big ones were, we fished those outer spots. So, you know, seasonal patterns have to dictate where you are as far as, you know, what part of the water column you fish and what kind of structure. You bet. Hey
5: folks, that was Joe Thomas. Of course he is the host of ultimate match fishing on outdoor channel. He also has a program coming up in the third quarter called steals reel in the outdoors with Joe Thomas. Thomas. And of course, he was talking about how to catch those fish in that transition period from post spawn into their deep water haunts. That's right. All right. So, uh, we want to say a special thank you to Outdoor Channel, also
3: Ruger, High Mountain Seasonings, Cabela's, and Nissan. How about Extreme Beam? Uh, Coming up after the break, we're going to have Chad Ferguson on. Great guy right there. They call him Mr. Catfish. That's Uh, a a brother from another mother. He is going to be coming up next. Stick around for that. Here is a word from Mr. Mark Paneri. Don't go in anywhere but Joe man thank you so much for coming on buddy we really appreciate the tips man and uh, we love watching your show sounds great I enjoyed it guys
1: Nissan and their tips for tuning your crank to catch more walleye. Looking to boat more and bigger walleye on the troll? All the electronics and waypoints in the world won't do you much good if your crankbaits aren't running true when you show up and start marking fish. So do evaluate your lures because you're going to need a tuning tool. Start by putting your crankbait in the water and watching it. If you see it veering off one way or the other, an adjustment is needed. Using the tuning tool, put it on top of the eye and bend it slightly to fine-tune your lure. Put it back in the water and check it again for accuracy. Because checking your lures often and making slight adjustments several times a day can increase your hookups. So for more pro fishing tips, check out our Tuesday Thursday podcasts on OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com anytime.
2: We are starting gotcha. out our season with a
1: bag. For Lee and
0: Tiffany, it was love at first shot.
1: I'm sitting here admiring Lee's uh, big bull. Wait all year for this hunt.
4: Big bull.
0: Now they're a match
3: made in outdoor heaven.
4: I've been practicing my outcalling. Oh
5: no. <laughs>
3: We're about ready to put a big buck in the truck.
4: Besides a big buck, what else do you need?
0: Crush with Lee and Tiffany, Sunday nights at 7.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. The
1: hunting is going to be good. Best place to find a Boone and Crockett mule deer? Colorado, of course. Best place to learn about them? Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls. Call 719-661-4037.
5: The Ruger
0: American Rimfire Rifle combines features of the Ruger American Rifle and innovations of the 1022 Rimfire Rifle to appeal to all bolt action enthusiasts. It features a modular stock system that provides comb height options for scope or iron sight use, a power bedding integral bedding block system for outstanding accuracy, a Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger, and a 1022 style rotary magazine for reliable feeding. The Ruger American Rimfire Rifle. Another rugged, reliable firearm from Rook. It is contaminated
1: with evil. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav.
5: So, for those of you who are just now joining us. Yeah, hey, you just missed
3: old Joe Thomas with uh, Ultimate Match Fishing. Yeah, check him out every Sunday morning at 9.30 uh, a.m. Eastern Time. Anyways, it's sometime in the morning. Yeah, sometime in the morning. I think it's I'm, I'm pretty third, pretty third, pretty third. It's nine thirty. You have a lift. Uh, don't in the morning. <laughs> uh this is great. We've got this. Uh, what's called PETA Bane Tackle Book. It's like a children's book that's really freaky. You you think uh, it's gonna be a fun book? <laughs> <laughs> it's not freaky. You got that clip? Just go ahead and play it. Anyways, we'll set it up, it was uh, like CNN or I don't know, somebody, they were debating this book with somebody from PETA and Kevin Van Dam, but here's a lady describing the book.
6: PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, has another target in its crosshairs and just who is this new animal cruelty bad guy? People who like to fish. Peter's Bait and Tackle, a comic book for children. You're looking at it now, telling kids to ask their daddy why he's, quote, hooked on killing. That
3: is just terrible. <laughs> Holy cow. That is horrible. And they're really pushing it uh, for this upcoming Father's Day. Which I just think is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for ruining our life. What do you do on Father's Day? Take your kids fishing. We practice catch and release. We do eat a couple, though. Yeah, we throw the kids back in. Just to <laughs> send a message. All right, all things fishing on today's show. Uh, just now being joined by Chad Ferguson. Yeah, hey, he's a catfisherman out of North Dallas. They call him Mr. Catfish. That's a pretty cool title. Uh, anyways, Chad, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? We're doing pretty good. Now, what do you think? Obviously, you know that water temp is pretty cold. I mean, you know, when are you going to start pitching like dip baits and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, you're going punch to want baits. that. Yeah, you're going to want that water temp uh, a little higher for it to work properly. What are you really using uh, to get out there and to be successful?
2: Well, catfish bait's real simple. People make it too complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to catching channel cat, though, if you want to catch numbers. Those prepared baits will outfish anything else. They'll work all year round. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, 40 degree water or if it's 80. Oh, really? Water, they're going to work. The big difference is that in that warm water, that scent carries a whole lot further yeah. than it does in cold water.
6: Far more so effective.
2: What I always tell people is if water temperature is 60 degrees or less, to use a dip bait okay. or a sponge bait because those baits are runny. They break down quick, that scent really gets in the water, it spreads, and it'll help travel, it'll draw those fish in. Mm
6: -hmm.
2: When it starts to get warmer, you can use those dip baits and sponge baits as well. I like to use, uh, everybody calls them punch baits here in Texas, but I think everywhere else in the country they call them fiber baits. But uh, it's just a thicker form of those dip baits and sponge baits. Rather than having to have one of those little tubes or sponges yeah. and all that little stuff to try to hold on the hook, you just stick a treble hook down in there, and pull it out, and <laughs> it sticks on the hook.
3: Big wad.
2: Yeah, and now, uh, you know now's the time to do that. I mean, we've been slinging that stuff uh, off and on. We're fishing for blue cat early in the morning. And then, uh-huh. when the bite starts to slow down a little bit, then we're going fishing for channel catfish. And we've been slinging that stuff for a few weeks now, and you know we're catching fish on it every day consistently. Really, and uh, you can use it in the in the cold weather too in the wintertime. I just I spent all my time in that cold water chasing after a trophy blue cat. So. I, uh, don't spend much time fishing with stink baits.
5: Yeah. Now, are, th- are, uh, catfish, and I'm talking about all of the species, yellows or blues or whatever, uh, are they structure oriented much like bass?
2: You know, people have this misconception that it, it, they're just these old, nasty old bottom dwelling fish and they uh-huh. just kind of go and lay up somewhere. And it, it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, they will orient to structure and every species of catfish is a little bit different and what they'll do and when and why. But, uh, structure is a great place to hone in on. That doesn't mean you won't catch them in open water, out in flats. You know, channel catfish, I fish the technique that I refer to, just kind of a broad explanation of the way I fish. I tell people that it's finesse fishing mm-hmm. because most people think of catfishing you go out, you hang a rod off the side of the boat, wait for a fish to come along with your feet sitting up. And I actually go out and actively target fish more of like a bass fisher one would do, and, yeah you know, I use those short rods, lightweight with lightweight rigs, and flip those baits up into the areas that those fish are going to be holding. And I found that over the years, you know, a lot of times the difference of a foot mm-hmm. one way or another, when you get in these areas where these channel catfish will hold, that, that little difference can make a huge impact on the number of fish that you catch.
3: Yeah, and, and quoting you, if you're not losing tackle, you're not far enough into cover. You know, That's you right. you really have to get in there and work for them. And I think people give up too easy, uh, Chad. You know, I, I think, like, they're almost there. Like you're saying, you might go three feet to the right, three foot to the left. You just got to work a little harder. And once you get into them, uh, you're just going to start landing them.
2: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think people give up too easily, and, uh, you know, they they just have that mentality that they're just going to go out there and sling those rods out and wait for something to come along. And, you know, one of my favorite places to fish in the summertime, and I can't get to it this year because there's dry land, lake's 10 feet low. But uh, (laughs) One of my favorite places to fish is in cover that is so heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times I'll fish there. All summer long, and nobody will ever know that I'm fishing there. Mm -hmm. And I I literally, I go out to the lake, anchor the boat, get out of the boat with some little uh, hedge trimmers, and weed my way through this thing enough (laughs) to make a path big enough for me to get the boat in there early in the summer. And I pull in there with a motor up and pull into this thing. It takes me about 20 minutes a lot of times to get in there. Oh, wow anchor the boat up and you can't move in any direction without running into something Here, sticks poking you in the eye and everything else going on. <laughs> but, you know, we catch fish there the whole time. We lose a lot of tackle. Yeah. lose a lot of fish because they break off on stuff, but they're always there. You bet.
5: Hey, we've been talking with Chad Ferguson. Of course, this guy's a cat fisherman extraordinaire. And if you'd like to find out more information about Chad or maybe book a trip with him, how do we do that?
2: Uh, you can give me a call at 817 522 3804, or uh, look me up on the web at catfishedge.com. All right, well,
3: there you go. Just check them out, Catfish Edge. Uh, that's the place to go. Well, hey, big thank you. Uh, Nissan Outdoor Channel, Ruger, High Mountain Seasonies, Cabela's, and Extreme Beam. Some great people uh, that do support us. Uh, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we got Tommy Scarlett. He's like the king of wallways, Tomboy. He's so... Tommy boy. Ugly. <laughs> Anyways, here is a word for Mr. Mark Benary. Uh, take a listen to what he has to say. Chadman, Man, uh, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Thank you. All
6: store
1: channel on Father's Day Gear Gifts. Stream trekkers, removable wading treads, are grips that go over your boot to help maintain traction on slick surfaces and will keep you from falling when fishing fast moving rivers and streams. The patented diamond bead design has hundreds of biting edges that grip in all directions for sure traction on rock, moss, and slime. The beads, made of case-hardened steel alloy, are strung on extremely durable steel aircraft cable. The tough rubber outer band adapts to all types of footwear and provides a secure fit that can be worn over rubber and felt sole fishing shoes as well as wading boots retailing for around 40 dollars stream trekkers would make a great father's day gift for the avid angler now if you're looking for outdoor updates and show info follow our twitter feed at twitter.com forward underscore otn and we'll be right back Outdoor Channel presents
0: an unforgettable journey into the unknown. We're about to go hunt a very, very
9: dangerous animal. We've
0: been to many places in the world that you feel discomfort because you know you're not welcome. This place, nobody's welcome. The Outdoor Channel original series, Uncharted. Hell, you know, maybe we shouldn't be here. Maybe this is the one time when we push too far. That we This July, to Outdoor Channel.
1: When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's Ready-Made Gourmet Outdoor Meals. These freeze-dried
7: meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's Ready-Made Gourmet Meals at a sporting goods store near you or at campchef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook
1: outdoors. Colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls, a book for hunters. www.coloradosbiggestbucksandbulls.com
6: That's it. You
1: are officially out of control. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav.
5: Hey, if you're just joining us, you have been old Chad Ferguson talking about catfishing out there. Talking about some channel cats, blue cats, all sorts of catfish. Flathead cats.
3: Just now being joined by uh, Tommy Scarless, and he is sick of us right now. He's also just sick. <laughs> Anyways, the, the pro walleye angler, Mr. Tommy, how's it going, buddy?
7: Well, I wish it was going where they, they say, Wow, dude, that's sick. <laughs> right now they're saying, That dude's sick. <laughs> that dude's
3: just, just real. got a little got a little frog in my throat.
5: A little frog in your yeah,
7: throat. Yeah, you
3: could use
5: it for bait time. Yeah, exactly.
3: you should go fishing with that thing.
7: <laughs> it really matches my face for radio. <laughs> All
3: right. So you are a pro walleye angler and you just won a tournament somewhere. Like one of your first ever to win, correct? Well, we won a Masters Walleye Circuit Berkeley artificial
7: only event up in Red Wing, Minnesota. Yeah, and I haven't won a Masters Walleye Circuit event since 1996.
3: Holy cow! Back in the day.
7: Yeah, I I almost feel like when I talk about that when uh, when Jim talks about his bass career, (laughs) Travis.
3: No, that was like the same year Tupac died. Holy cow! (laughs) <laughs>
7: back that was a lot. I can't even feel that you're old enough to remember Tupac.
3: <laughs> I keep telling them about it, going old school. <laughs> yeah, we could go to really old school.
7: Clock and open a Cadillac doors, but I'm not going to go there. So. <laughs> a little N.W.A. <laughs> now it's just chasing bass and pulling uh, the grass. So.
3: <laughs> All right, so since 1996, getting back on track 18 years ago, really you know it was great it
7: was it was an artificial only tournament where we didn't have to deal with live bait didn't have to deal with night crawlers stinking up the, the boat and uh, yeah, that's, those are the events I really look forward to because live bait a lot of times is, is used in catfishing style circumstances for walleyes to where you sit there and you soak it to where if you're working say like a berkeley power fluke or a twitch tail minnow or something like that or cast the selmo crankbait that you're actually imparting a lot of action on the lure and uh, you're, you're having to be a lot more active and move and groove and it's it just for me it's a style that fits me a lot better i i can't stand to sit one spot and uh you know you've got to actually steer your lure you've got to try to make it look like a critter underwater and that's where the challenge
5: comes in and and i enjoy it quite a bit now and now we're, we're getting into that now walleyes uh, uh they spawn in the spring right
7: they, yeah, they spawn in
5: the spring. In fact, throughout the country, they're done spawning.
7: A lot of times they even spawn under the ice. But right now, what happens is the female starts to disperse downstream. And they'll get in the current and a river if you can find areas downstream of where their spawning beds are to where there may be some slack water, large deep holes. They like the deep water for comfort. They also like to be someplace where there's bait. So you start adding up all these variables to where you have bait and you have deep water and you have an eddy with slack water and you're downstream of a spawning area. A lot of times you're going to find walleye. And right now they're there to eat, so there's never been a better time to get out there and start, dipping some baits. One thing I think a lot of anglers do is they stay away from big jigs. They try to fish the lightest jig possible. And we make a lot of our own jigs out of do-it molds to where we can make half ounce, three quarter ounce, one ounce jigs. And, uh, you know, just bouncing that big jig around, even in the dirty water this time of the year with a lot of rain we've got, can really trigger a lot of bites. The other thing that I'm doing a lot is scenting my baits. Mm-hmm. I'm using Berkeley Power Bait or Gulp Scented Shapes, and then I'm even juicing them up by spraying them with a, a product that they called Marinade, mm-hmm. which is a, a product from Gulp or Berkeley that actually scents up the bait and, and gives it a lot more flavor and a lot more attraction. And uh, the biggest key is just to keep moving. Uh, fish aren't tough to catch. They're actually tough to find. And if you can stay on the move, you're going to catch a lot more fish.
5: Yeah, no, they're they're schooling fish, aren't they?
7: Um. Yeah, and in this time of the year, they're bunched up. They've left the spawning grounds. They're hanging out together like a larger pack of wolves. And when they start to disperse to their summer homes or their little what I call them little summer cottages. That's kind of how you have to look at it. Right now, they're all on the bus, and they're traveling to those areas. Mm-hmm. And so far, they're on the interstate. So as soon as they get off that interstate and start to go off on the side roads, they'll start to break up, and you'll find smaller pods of them. But right now, man, they are schooling, and they are hungry.
3: Yeah. Now, what's new out there on the market? You know... Uh... Going like the UV base, we we're talking a chance earlier about the rubber worms that are translucent, filled with live maggots. Yeah. I mean, they're they're always coming out with the craziest stuff. Uh, what what's new in the walleye world? Well,
7: the coolest thing that we've that I've seen lately,
3: and I've actually been very
7: blessed to be part of the development, is uh, Rocky Brook sinkers. And what they what they are is they're sinkers made of limestone. And we just came out with a crappie kit. Mm. where people can make their own Rocky Brook uh, limestone sinker style old type of a rigging kit for crappie or spider rig kit. Mm-hmm. And then they're also going to work on a walleye kit to where, you know, it's amazing. A lot of anglers just beginning to crop your walleye fish yeah. want to know how to tie these rigs mm-hmm. with the pocket guides that Rocky Brook has. You know, there's an opportunity for these anglers to fish uh, an eco-friendly sinker, and also, um, you know, that sinker, that limestone sinker, going across the bottom of it's a natural sound. And actually, found that it sometimes outfishes other sinkers because of the sound that it creates.
5: Yeah, and if you can't make one small enough for yourself, you can use it as a boat anchor.
7: <laughs> yeah. That's, well, and if you gotta un- untie it, leave it behind, you don't feel so bad because you know it's made of limestone.
6: <laughs> there you go.
7: You that's can good. also shoot it out of a wrist rocket at chance whenever. He has
3: <laughs> or oh, Cat Daddy. Unpro boys don't deserve oh, no. anything cat good. Cat Daddy,
7: I gotta believe Cat Daddy's got a double barrel shotgun with like rubber bands on the triggers. <laughs>
3: well, that's kind of cool. Kind okay, of your the. Do it yourself, and you're getting that whole eco-friendly thing going on. It's kind of a neat idea, really.
7: Well, you know, and anytime you can be ecologically sound or create your own critters, yeah. I mean, that's the fun part—the inventor, the the explorer, and all of us. And, Um, It's it's fun to do it.
6: You
5: bet. All right. Hey, we've been talking with Tommy Scarless. This guy knows a heck of a lot about walleye fishing and says now's the time to get out there and catch those crazy guys downstream from where they spawn. That's right. And get on the move. Is that right, Tommy?
7: Keep moving and keep grooving and, uh, you know, make sure that you're on the Outdoor
3: Trails Radio Network when you do it. (laughs) That's right. Now, one more time. Where can we find you online, buddy? Uh,
7: Tommy Scarless, S-K-A-R-L-I-S on Facebook or go to
3: fishtommy.com. All right. That's where you got to go. Jerry Bethke. He's coming up next. He's the deputy editor uh, there at Outdoor Life and the fishing guru. He's going to be talking about redfish on today's show as we talk about all things fishing. Big thank you, though, to Nissan, Outdoor Channel, Ruger, High Mountain Seasonings, and Cabela's, plus Extreme Beam. Got to hop online, check them out as well. Uh, Here's a quick word from Mark. Tommy, man. Tommy, thank you so much
1: for coming on, buddy.
7: Take care, guys.
1: Nissan's tips for getting organized to catch more bass. More time fishing equals more casts. More casts equals more chances to catch a fish. More chances to catch fish equal more fish in your boat. In order to achieve this formula, though, an angler must be committed to a behind-the-scenes preparation regimen that ensures he is never without the right tool for the job. The less time you spend looking for things, the more time you'll spend fishing. Keep your gear straight. Keep it clean and keep it handy. Well-prepared gear. Gear will help you make every moment on the water productive. Equally important is to try to envision every repair, replacement, or maintenance issue you may face and carry the right tools, parts, and emergency items you can fit in the boat. So be sure to share your outdoor highlights and trophies with us by posting photos of your latest catch or game on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward adventures of dad and me.
0: Outdoor channel presents Wardens. You uncock that gun and then you get your butt over the fence. From right alongs. So we do have a warrant for him? Yeah. To sting operations.
6: Don't try to do it, Game of a Warden. Stop! You will go to jail.
0: Get up close and personal with the men and women that protect our wildlife. I'll have to call for some backup here. Don't get caught on the wrong side of the law.
4: And that's when you get a dangerous situation.
0: Wardens presented by Streamlights. Thursday nights, 7 Eastern. Only on Outdoor Channel.
6: Uh, on the Bali Beach Hotel Bali
1: You're listening to The Revolution with
5: Jim and Trav. Are we doing this or what? Yeah. Here are the boys. Hey, if you're just joining us, this is The Revolution with Jim and Trav, and we're talking all things fishing this week. And you just missed old Tommy Scarless talking about walleye fishing. The pro uh, perch fisherman. That's who <laughs> we're talking about, Tommy Scarless.
3: All right, Jerry Bestie is the deputy editor there at Outdoor Life, also the fishing guru. Uh, Jerry, how's it going, buddy?
9: I'm good. How are you guys doing this morning or
3: today? Uh, we're doing pretty good. I right, now, you like to head down to Louisiana a lot, and, and you do red fishing. Now, uh, I mean, redfish—they are plentiful uh, down there in Louisiana, aren't they?
9: Well, I tell you, there are two places in the entire universe. Uh huh. The Florida Keys or Louisiana? Really? And I will take Louisiana over the Florida Keys because you can keep some more fish in Louisiana. They actually like to keep a bunch of fish.
5: Yeah. Now, when you're uh, when when you're fishing for redfish, uh, primarily they're they're bottom feeders, and are you sight casting to them? Uh, you're looking for tailing fish, and what do you use for bait? Well,
9: you know there there are uh, several different ways to do it. If you've never done it before. Um, lots of times you use popping corks and, and shrimp.
6: Mm, okay.
9: And that's that's just to kind of get the bite going and if you've never fished for redfish before. Um, after you've, you've done it a few times and if the water conditions are right um, you do sight catch for tailing redfish whether you fly fish for them or uh, you know, you're know top water fishing for them or um, they like to use uh, jig heads and a bait called a cocaho minnow which is basically a soft plastic and uh, typically, they'll use a black coco, um, with a yellow tail, or something like that, or a, a gulp shrimp uh, with a jig head on it.
3: Now, to like maximize your adventure, do you, would you recommend going with lighter tackle, or do you think that's kind of a rookie mistake to make? Well,
9: no, I, I, you know we do. Interestingly, Outdoor uh, Life does its tackle test in Louisiana every year. We oh, have really? Yours. We go down to Bueaus, Louisiana, uh-huh. and we get we get all the new rods and reels that are manufactured uh, in the business, and we take everything down there to uh, to test. And we figure that if this tackle can stand up to those big brutish redfish down there, they can pretty much stand up to largemouth bass with ease. Yeah. Um, we so we use light tackle. We use heavier tackle. Uh, if you're going down there for the first time, you may want to take a little heavier stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you like to fly fish, it's a great place to fly fish as well. <laughs>
5: yeah. N- now, uh, when you're out there and you're normally wade fishing, right? No, you really can't wade down
9: there. Um, oh, okay.
5: Well, l- let me let me, let me me uh, uh, change that a little bit. <laughs> you
9: can't wade in the marshes because it's very mucky. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, but there are along some beachheads down there where you can, in fact, wade for them. But typically, uh, you, you know, the big thing now is kayak fishing for them, which ah. is just it's an absolute blast. Uh, Louisiana is—it's just a different world. And uh, you know, take a kayak in among the—you uh, know—the marshes and stuff like that, where there are gators around and things. It's just—it's uh, an fantastic outdoor adventure.
5: Yeah, you get to play Captain Hook. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> now, on a scale from one to ten, uh, Jerry, you know, if we're going for a real hard-fighting fish. Ah, uh, what would you rank this fish at? I mean, is it is it going to be a challenge? Is this going to be a fun fish to catch, or is it just kind of uh, middle of the road?
9: Oh gosh, I you know, I mean, if we're talking inshore fish, we're not talking offshore fish, which is also available down in Louisiana. If we're talking inshore fish like snook and redfish, redfish is right up there. I, you know, they're they're an eight or a ten. I mean, oh really? Right up. I mean, snook fight uh, pretty. You know, maybe a little bit harder, but. You know, you get a big old redfish on there, and he'll give you everything it's worth. I mean, they're, they'll put up a pretty good battle.
5: Yeah. Now, they, of course, they have what they call bull reds, and yeah. those are like thirty inch plus, right? Big. Uh, they, that, that's that's absolutely correct. Yeah. And and
9: uh, again, you know, those fish, will, they'll just they'll wear you out. <laughs> yeah. Wear you
3: out. Once again, we're talking with uh, Jerry Bethke, and he's the deputy editor there at Outdoor Life, also the fishing guru. So, what you said, they have like a five fish limit. And what do they have to be above, like 15, 16 inches? Is that what it yeah. is? I
9: think there's a slot limit. You can You you can only keep one really big bull red if you 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 know if you want to get them mounted and the rest are slot fish. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe that's about the size. I think that's the size limit at last. I think, you know, they mess around with the size, size limits every once yeah, in a while. Yeah,
3: I thought time. it was something over 15, 16 inches, then you keep one over 27 or or right. something like right. that.
9: Yeah, yeah I, believe, I believe that's correct. And, and you know, Again, they're fantastic eating. I, yeah. I don't know if a lot of, you know, you think of drum and you don't necessarily think that they're a wonderful fish to eat, but <laughs> redfish, redfish are great. You know, Paul Proudhon. you know, the chef Paul Proudhon. Mm-hmm. Who looks a little bit like don deluise he, <laughs> he kind of wiped the resource out for a period of time where when he introduced black and redfish oh
5: yeah
6: uh, yeah uh, yeah good stuff you know,
9: down, in, down in new orleans you know and and suddenly redfish was the hot thing and and you know they were commercial fishing for redfish and everybody wanted to eat it and you know finally they stopped commercial fishing for them you know thankfully and that resource down in, in, uh, Louisiana is fantastic. And you know, it's very easy to get to. I mean, You fly into New Orleans, you drive an hour south, you go down to Burris or Venice, and you're into some of the finest fishing in the world.
5: You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Jerry Beske, and he is a uh, a deputy editor for Outdoor Life. Knows a heck of a lot about fishing, really all over the world. Yeah, Jerry, if we want to find out more about
3: you, possibly some red fishing down there in Louisiana, also new tackle that's on the market, man. Where can we find you online?
9: Uh, Just go to OutdoorLife.com, and uh, there's a search thing in there, and just Type in Louisiana or, or redfish or new tackle test. Our new tackle test just went up online. You can find out all oh, the new tackle for you know what to use this year: rods, reels, and uh, things like that, and innovations and. There's certainly quite a few stories on uh, Louisiana Red Fishing on uh, on our website.
5: You can you can actually get uh, Outdoor Life on any newsstand, but you better off get your own subscription to Outdoor Life, and you're going to find out a whole lot of stuff that you want to know about hunting and fishing.
3: Yeah, you can also check it out on your tablet, you know, all that good stuff. I'm not big of that internet stuff, but a lot of people are. That's right. Kind of behind in the ties. Hi, right, Mr. Jerry Bethke. He's the uh, deputy editor there at Outdoor Life. Uh, we are the revolution. We are proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Channel, Nissan, Ruger, High Mountain Seasonings, Cabela's, and Extreme Beam. Gotta get to a break. Here is a quick word from Mr. Mark. Don't go anywhere. Jim and I will return. Mr. Jerryman, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you guys.
1: outdoor channel on the do's and don'ts for netting fish don't put the net in the water until the moment you intend to net a fish don't reach because that's how you end up overboard wait until you can comfortably scoop the fish up do purchase a net with a hoop at least double to triple the size of the fish you are going to be netting it will make retrieval much easier do pull up by simply not pulling up and trapping fish in the bottom of the bag once you get them your catch will swim right out of the net do rubberize your net Spray-on rubber is a great way to give you a little more life to your treated net bag, and it will prevent hooks from getting snarled. So go and spend your spare time catching up on episodes of The Revolution you may have missed by sorting through our archives at outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution. revolution.
4: You're
1: on The Revolution. With Jim and Trav Hey this was a great Fishing show this week
4: I really wish I was A better fisherman I really do Because it would be A lot of fun But I I seem to have A hard time catching anything
3: Because you're a fisher woman It's
5: true Actually you you covered all You'd be an angler There you go Hey big thank you To who though Hey our 430 affiliate stations or advertisers And everyone that makes This show possible Like Miss Bunny Fun Joe Our producer Mark Paneri, And Frank the sound guy How about uh, Joe Thomas Joe
3: Thomas Chad Ferguson Also uh, Tommy Scarless Uh, Gary Bethke Miss Bunny You're amazing.
4: I know. Thank you.
3: (laughs) Get outdoors this weekend. Take some kids with you and still some of that confidence in them that uh, Miss Bunny has. We love you. So does God. God bless you. Uh, Local news weather is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We will return next
5: week.
1: Seating has been a production of Outdoor Trails Radio Network. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.